Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book 2, Chapter 32 An Impossible Choice Your trip back to Capris was quite rewarding, though not without its cost. Learning of Earl Earl's kidnapping, you also discovered you were wanted for questioning. Paying a visit to Count Vera and Countess Arena, you gave them some information on the gunner's daughter. While you didn't sell them out entirely, you did reveal one of their regular stops. And this seemed enough for the Counts. You also paid a visit to Patches, handing over Tane's mask in exchange for some of the magical goods lining his shelves. Between the items taken from Tane and received from Patches, you have earned quite the bounty. With Capris behind you, the five of you ride east in search of the Temple of St. Phaleron. The Celestials there have a wealth of knowledge, and if you prove yourself, they will share it with you. After a week of riding east, you find yourselves once again at Tane's house. A few ropes have been drawn taut from the hillside to the pillar over the rubble that once served as a natural path. By now, you're all more than familiar with your new items. It's about that time where you need to rest before you travel into new territory. Let's have some new items. That's my horse. Sorry. I mean, that's Sam's horse. It's not a horse. You're all getting a horse card. Nice. There's Vale's horse plus new Danny Mont gauntlet. I thought we were getting an actual horse. Just a horse card. Just a horse card. And to carry it around and be like, let me see my horse. Let me see my horse. Book of Runes. Shirt of Many Buttons. Oh, sorry, no. Duck armor, shirt of many buttons, horse, and here's the Book of Runes. Oh, my boy. Wow. Darvin, horse, and ebony kangaroo. Nice. Do I have to name the kangaroo? You can if you want. That'll take a while. Does not currently have a name. Okay, there. This is Woodward the horse. Sam's horse. I'll wait for you guys to read them, in case you have questions. (laughs) You all right? Once all the buttons are destroyed, you stand bare-chested with a mundane shirt showing off your physique. Roll <laughs> 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 oh. well, a d10 to determine its effect. I'm assuming you have the table. I got the table. Oh, man. Definitely. Some badger. I, I toyed with set effects and random effects. I was like, it'll be more fun with random effects. Yes, it really will. And since... Nobody has ever encountered one of these shirts before. There's no way you can know there's, what they yeah, do. Yeah, there's no way to know, yeah. 
Until you try it out. Make sure to update your stats if you need to. Um, the one question I have is when my mage hand appears using this ability, mm-hmm. what form does it take? What does it look like? It's a hand. Okay. The color is set by whoever creates it, and since you're transferring it from the old bracer into this new bracer, you can set the color as you see fit, but it is a static color. Yeah. It looks like a hand. It'll look like your hand. Horse. No, we got a horse. Is it really just horse the horse? Currently, yes. In fact, it might not even be horse the horse. It might just be the horse for now. Mm. Mm. That's the one that he had on his Rupture? Rupture. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I will say about the Book of Runes, there are a lot of pages in there that are very hard to decipher because of stains and smudging and just age. Doesn't mean they're irretrievable. Mm. All right. is carrying a veritable library with him at this point. I have two books. It's more of a library than I'm carrying. Just because you have no books. (laughs) Are you smarter than me? I went to college. What's your intelligence? I went to college, What's your intelligence? Your mom. (laughs) What's your intelligence? (laughs) It's not. My wisdom is much higher. What's your intelligence? Ten. I'm smarter than you. (laughs) But Arnus went to college. So carry a book once in a while. All the book learning I needed to do, I've already done. Well, so have I. Clearly not, because you're carrying books around with you. I got my learning in the world, bro. Wandering around, playing music, fighting shit. Mm-hmm. Playing music, fighting things. The family business. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Alright. Dude, I can make a tornado. Any questions about your fancy new magic items? Nope. But it takes four days. <laughs> and then it has to be triggered. Yeah. But once it's there, it's just there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to do anything else. It's just there. Yeah. It's just there until somebody triggers it. Do I have to set a command? Oh, for your kangaroo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me think on that for a moment. Or a few moments. Okay. Everybody ready? Yep. Ready. As I said, uh, yeah, as you arrive at Tane's home, the sun is going down. It's getting close to the time where you should probably rest before you travel into parts unknown, at least for yourselves. What do you want to do? Spend the night in Tane's house. Seems like the smart thing to do. I'm okay with that. I don't know that I want to spend the night in his house, given the fact that there's that big old creepy egg sack in there. And you know what's coming out of those is not baby spiders. That's true. It's something bad. It's baby arachnid-type rock creature things that we've been fighting since the inception of this game. You're talking about sentinels? There you go. Yeah. That's probably it. Sentinels. It's fine. Okay, fine, I agree. That doesn't Maybe make good radio. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it wasn't for the listeners. You, you flipping me off doesn't make good radio. Yeah. But me talking about it does. Oh, that happened? <laughs> I didn't even see it. I was looking at Darwin. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was looking at Nate. I was looking at Darwin. Who, in my mind, is embodying Darwin at the moment. Okay. How close to the pillar that Tane's house sits upon are you spending the night? Not very. <laughs> How far from the road is the pillar? You guys aren't on a We're road on a at all. Beach, it's beach, right? Right? Yeah, it's pretty much a beach horse ride for a week. We're like wheeling on the beach. Right in a beach? Why don't we just make camp on the beach? It's quite alright. You can do that. Far enough from the water that we don't wake up in the water. Well, yeah. I and far enough from the pillar that we don't wake up to find ourselves dead in a pile of rubble. Yeah. And we'll set a watch anyway, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mostly to tell us if the tide changes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Everybody get up. Really high tide, people. Really high. <laughs> the ocean is angry. All right. You're going to spend the night out here. 
Fine. Who wants to take the first shift? I'll take the first shift. All right, Darwin. As everybody else ties their horses up, gets comfy to sleep, you're on watch. Go ahead and roll a perception. It's an 11. The sun's real low. There's very little light coming in from the horizon, and you can't quite tell what, but there is movement in Tane's house. It's just shadows moving along. But other than that, nothing happens. Next. Who's up next? The one with dark vision. <laughs> yeah, I guess whatever the middle of the night shift is, is what mine is. Alright, Arnis. It's your turn to keep an eye on everybody. Make sure the horses don't run away. Yay! Nice They're horsey. old and trained, but you're still new to them. Nice horsey. But yeah, go ahead and give me a perception roll. 19. Hmm. I think after Darwin goes back to bed, the sky clears up a little bit. You get a little bit more starlight out here. So between that and your natural half-elf dark vision, you can actually see fairly well. The movement continues at Tainton's house, and you see it just extend out past the edges of the destroyed walls and kind of around and up onto the exterior of the house. And there's numerous creatures just crawling around on it. And your shift passes uneventfully. I definitely tell the next person that I wake up what I'm seeing. There's only Vale and Sam. So who are you waking? Vale. Good. Who just volunteered? Vale, you get the pre-sunrise shift. The horses are starting to wake up from their nap. Your horse, named The Horse, still? I just call it The Horse. Alright. I'm gonna go get on the horse. I'm gonna go ride the horse today. The horse is the first one up, and being a little ornery with the other horses, just kind of give them a little, like, in the ear, and they're waking up kind of in cranky moods. Your horse is being a little bit of a jerk. Kind of like that. <laughs> really? You want your horse to piss off the other horses? It's got character. I, you don't have to be a dick to have character. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, your horse is a very fancy horse. A very high-stepping, center-of-attention horse. Darwin, I actually think you got along well with your horse, didn't you? Yeah, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can roll perception if you want. Oh. I think I was a little distracted by the horses, because I rolled a four. Ooh. Well, the sun does rise to the east, and it rises just behind the pillar where Tane's house is. So once it starts poking up, that thing is just backlit, and all you see is shadow on it, so there's... You can't tell anything that's happening there. But other than your horse being a bit of a jerk to the other horses, uh, nothing else really happens. It's morning time. It may be time to go into the unknown. So... Or to go find out what's at the house. Do we want to go find out what's going on at the house, or do we want to just continue on our path? I ain't going up there. That's all I need to hear. I'm not going up there. You know how what we do with swarms. Agree. We've never had a swarm problem in this game. Yes, but... No, that's not true! That's very not true. That is not true. He almost got killed by a swarm. A swarm of what? Oh, caterpillars. Oh, 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 caterpillars. Fuck those things. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Swarms are bad. We, as a general rule... General rule? Do not do well with swarms. So let us not. All right. So everybody mounts up on their horses. Veil on the horse. Arnis on Aramel, if I remember. 
Sam's on Woodward. And Darvin, I believe you finally named your horse. Daisy. Daisy. Darvin on Daisy. A little bit of D on D. I'm going to get the horse some short shorts. Oh, does that mean you have a, a female horse? Or do you have a yes. dude horse named Daisy? No, 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 female horse. Cool. Just wanted to know. All right. So everybody mounts up, starts heading east. As you travel underneath the pillar where Tane's house is at, the sun is high enough at this point where you can look up and you can see the exterior walls are now just swarming with baby sentinels. Yeah, I'm out. From that egg sack. <laughs> Does anyone have like a flaming arrow or house isn't wood, is it? We should just burn the whole thing down. I mean, we could probably just. But see, here's the thing though. I They're not paying any attention to us. I don't That's want to true. Draw if we their did attention. that, we'd be in initiative order and then we would die. <laughs> we just move past it. I mean, we could like. No, you're Try right. Try to Molotov cocktail it up, but no, I don't want to. No, you're right, you're right. I don't want to. There's some spiders. Burn it down. <laughs> Burn it down. Burn the fucker to the ground. <laughs> On one spider. Burn it to the ground. Maybe later we can fight a wizard with a magic cannon that can just obliterate it from, like, orbit. Okay. Anyway. As you leave Tane's house behind, the shore of the beach curves north, and that path ahead of you extends a forest to your right, and very tall, like, wild grass and shrubbery and bushes and stuff on the left. There's no real road at this point, mostly because people don't generally travel this way. So it's up to you how you'd like to get there. Now, you learned about this place from, what was the name of the other dude? Vizcara and, whose name your half-dragon friend? Oh, dear. Vizcara's oh. cousin. Oh, I've, yeah. got, I've got it somewhere. Hang on. His cousin. Brizendine. Oh, Brizendine. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. That dude was cool. Sometimes I write stuff down. That's right. The gummy half-dragon who loved honey. It made sun orbs. Cool. You learned of this place from Brizendine and Vizcara. And they gave you a rough idea of where it was on the continent. So do you want to travel through the woods or through a more open area? Is there a difference in time? Or there's no way to know? I guess how I mean, it's going to be about the same. I'd rather travel in a more open area just because we don't know where we are. So I'd like <laughs> the like, visual being able to see around us. All right. You know, if you keep up this same pace, you've got about another week or so before you get there. It is mostly east from where you're at right now. So either option is fine. Are we sticking with meadows and fields? Sounds like. Unless Plus that way there's plenty of food for the horses. Sounds fine. Okay. Who is leading this trailblazing? Darvin. Darvin is, I guess. Darvin is? He's the least squishy of the group. Oh. Well, actually, I mean, what's your AC? 16. Same as mine now. Mm. We all have 16 right now. Then we're all the same as squishy. But my armor is magic. That's true. (laughs) I am. Oh, I actually have duck armor. Oh, yeah. I look super fancy. Anyway. I love how you're wearing this, like, splendid blue-green duck feather armor, and then just have this old shirt on <laughs> so you can get at the buttons. <laughs> so is Darwin still leading this adventure? Sure, why not? All right, Darwin. You know about which direction you need to go. Please roll survival to stay on target. Crud, I should be leading. Uh, What's your survival? Plus two. It'll be fine. Could be worse. You can lead after this one, though. Yeah. It's definitely higher. Got a 15. Oh, not bad. Not bad. We'll take it. You spend the next three days able to stay close to streams and 
good grasses and things for the horses. Are you guys eating rations or are you going out foraging and hunting? I don't think we're relying on foraging and hunting, right? But, like, if we find something, awesome. But if not, rations. Well, if you want to find something, you got to go look for something. Uh, I guess The horses are eating grass. They're fine with that. They're drinking right from the streams. Fine with rations. Yeah, rations are not. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not an out in the wilderness hunter. I'm mm-hmm. a hunter of people, not creatures. <laughs> creatures are just like people. They just stay closer to the ground. It's like birds and fish. Anyways, I'm fine with All right. rations. Yeah, if you guys are using rations, go ahead and mark off three rations those three days. I mean, you said that like you have rations. If you don't have food with you, then somebody's got to go hunting. Or we're about to be down to three horses. I think there's rations standard in most backpack kits. Yeah, I think we all had rations. I just don't remember if anybody lost all their rations. I don't think so. Okay. Or ate them all. They're on your character sheets, hopefully. They are, but we've never... I just have the pack that I have. Like, I didn't actually write down the okay. rest of it. Well, if you still have rations, it would have came up with ten. So, I got an idea. Let's do this. Everybody roll a d10. I saw that <laughs> you don't have notes. We're leaving this up to the dice. That's fair. You guys have just spent three weeks on the road. Oh, son so, of a... So, yeah. I rolled a zero, which is a ten. I'm good. You're sharing with me. I rolled an eight. What'd you get, Arnis? Three. All right. You've got three rations left. Arvin's got eight, and Vale has ten. You gotta ration your rations a little better. Who's sharing the rations? Somebody is. You've got enough to cover those three days. Yeah, no. And then you'll be out. No, I'm out. I'm not even gonna write it down. (laughs) Write down that you have zero rations, so we don't do this again. Okay. Rations. Dot, dot, dot. Because I suck. I don't know. At rolling. Maybe... Oh, that was your one bad roll. Get it out of the way early. Maybe those horned rabbits on the Moaning Islands got into your rations, too. Stole before they rations? stole your hat. Also just ate a bunch. <sighs> stole my damn rations and my hat. That's what we get for killing them. You got your hat back. I did get my hat back. All my rations. <laughs> well, I guess either Vail, like, picked some up last time they were in town, or maybe been sneaking some out of Arnis's bag. I don't know. That's probably more like it. <laughs> wow. Really? Really? Arnis, Vale is a killer, not a thief. Not a thief. Wrong guild. That doesn't mean you haven't been stealing my rations. The one thing does not equal the other. I have not been stealing your rations. It's assassination by starvation. (laughs) It is a vital tactic. But But you probably shifted into Darwin when you did it, so if you got caught it would look like... Well, now you know my plan if I ever need to try and get the two of you to kill each other. I hate you guys. So much. So. All right. Now, if everything goes as expected, you're only a few more days away from the temple. Who's leading the expedition this time? I guess it's me. Although the way I'm rolling, maybe you don't want it to be me. <laughs> Arnis is hungry and wants to get there quickly. Let's see if that's motivation or distraction. That's a bad recipe for rolling. Let's go ahead and roll survival. 17. All right. It's okay, you're getting out the mediocre rolls now. Sure. 12 is pretty good, actually. Considering yeah. my survival is plus 5, like, yeah. that's not what we'll do. Yeah. that 3, that's a problem. Because <laughs> now I have no food. <laughs> so well, that was, gotta go still, that was a D time on an 
for berries. You can't really you? count that on the same spectrum, right? Yeah. And 20, that probably would have been a 6. <laughs> still, that's still not good. Right? I don't know when rolling a 6 is good, unless it's Arn is performing or Veil stealthing. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that, yeah. that's 6 on a performance You've probably got like some set. crazy high modifier to something, right? Not that high. Stealth. Stealth is 7? Oh. Not great. All right. Before we get to how well that travel went, it did go fairly well. Arnis, this is some time without food. Days. Are you hunting or are you taking food from your friends? I should try to at least, like, look for food or hunt or find berries or something. Yeah. I don't want to assume they're just going to share their food with me. Okay. If you'd like to do that, you can roll survival. Would you like to find... Would you like to do some hunting or gathering? I will totally share food with you. I will share resources. I'd rather do gathering. See what I can find. Because if I can find food, then, right. then right. we don't use yeah. up extra rations. This is the first day out after Darwin's roll. So you know you need some food. And rather than bumming off your friends, you're going to go looking for some snacks on the trail. See if I can take care of myself. It wouldn't be the first time that I had to do this, hence. Arnis finds a death cap, but doesn't know it's death cap, and we're down a bar. <sighs> I didn't say I was going out looking for mushrooms. I've been on the road enough, I'm not an idiot. Well, if you find mushrooms, that'll be another check to see if you know if they're poisonous or not. Oh, good God. Just tell me. I Crit! I don't get poisoned by a mushroom. No, you don't. <laughs> you crit, in fact, roll another d10. Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to end This well. is for going up, not down. Still. Oh, you got an eight. <laughs> hey. Ooh. All right. <laughs> you find this ginormous bush near the tree line, just laden with blackberries. Cool. And you can pull off eight days' worth of rations in blackberries. blackberries. I got all the food now. Suckers! And hey, if we find more rations, we can ferment that. Make blackberry wine. You've just got, like, a saddlebag filled with blackberries right now. You can reach over from your horse. I probably feed a few to my horse, too. And the horse is like, oh, man. Roll me some animal handling. (laughs) Tell me this is to go up and not down. Yeah, that's a 12. <laughs> As you stick out your hand with the blackberries on him, Aramel like, reaches over, grabs him in his teeth, like, tosses him up a little, <laughs> catches him out of the air, enjoys the blackberries, is still indifferent to you. <laughs> you have the prettiest horse in the world. Yeah. And you named your horse Horse. I didn't name my horse. I just call it what it is. <laughs> you don't get to judge my horse. <laughs> when yours is literally Horse. <laughs> Are we good? <laughs> Probably not, but we, we can move on. Are we done horse-shaming one another? <laughs> <laughs> For now. <laughs> okay. It's a few more days. Everybody can go ahead and mark off three more days of rations. Oh, I guess I should start marking off my, like... Your berry rations. My berry rations, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like yeah. three days of berry rations? Yeah. It's been three more days of travel. This time with Arnis taking the lead. Traveling through the meadows is easy. Arnis finds a bushel of blackberries, practically. The horses continue to munch on the vegetation on the side of the trail. And it's it's nice and warm. There's a good breeze going on. And as you near the Temple of St. Phaleron, the forest to your right 
thins out and vanishes as it extends farther east and somewhat north. And to the north, there's just a rolling hillside covered in golden wild grass that waves with each breath of the wind. There's a gently winding road that leads to the temple in the distance. As the road nears the temple, it gets smoother and easier as it transitions from dirt to cobblestone to smooth stone slabs that glisten in the light. As you get closer, the temple stands before you, at least 50 feet high and several times as wide. Massive marble pillars line the exterior, supporting a peaked roof of a darker hue of the same stone. Despite the warmth of the sun, the air around the temple feels cool. The smell of dry grass floats by as you see a well-armored horse wander across the path to eat a tuft of green foliage. Just beyond the horse, you see a painting on an easel in a small area of tamped-down grass. What do you do? Look at the painting. No. You can look at the painting, sure. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, look at the lick painting. <laughs> lick the painting. I'm not no, licking no, he the said painting. look. Oh. He said look, I said lick. Can I smell it? <laughs> not licking the painting. No, I don't want to look at it. I just want to look at it. The painting appears to depict the landscape in front of it, showing the temple, the sun, just after sunrise, probably, in the painting. It looks mostly dry, though it may still be wet from painting earlier in the day. Ah. This random, like, armored horse? <laughs> Does the horse seem to care that we're there? The horse definitely notices that you're there. But like, he'll tilt his head, look at you, ear twitches a little bit, but goes back to eating. Okay. But tis indifferent. Huh. Horse painting. Where's the person? Yeah. Look around and see if there's anyone else around. Alright, roll perception then. We'll see what's going on. That's a six. That is a six, with my bonus of one is a seven. I should look around as well. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, like... Everybody roll perception. Horse, no person. Clearly, oh, well... All right, Arnis. Got a ten total. Darwin. Twelve. I rolled or I rolled a three though. Oh. So I mean, like, wow. let's let's be clear. Ugh. Nice perception bonus. Yeah, but crappy roll doesn't make up for the good bonus. As you're standing near this painting, looking around for signs of the horse's rider or the artist, Vale, Arnis. Unfortunately, you can't see any movement besides the wind in the grass. Darwin, on the other hand, you can notice that there are several paintings also on easels scattered throughout this grassy area hmm. on the exterior of the temple. And one farthest away from you, you can see a glint of something over there. I point Sunlight on metal. On metal? Yeah. That's what usually tends to glint in the sun. Near the painting. Yeah. And not... Okay, got it. I point this out. You go like... Let's go look. Not? At the metal. Maybe it's another arm- armored horse. Or maybe it's an armored dude. Or dude that. Maybe it's an armored chicken. Do I want to fight an armored chicken? If you already had your chance to get duck armor. I was if like, you want I- chicken armor, you gotta go to somebody else. I was like, I don't think that... I don't think the chicken would be too thrilled about my particular armor. I don't know. Maybe chickens don't like ducks. And it's really happy to see like a bunch of ducks got got. Yeah. Well, really, you don't have to kill a duck to get its feathers, so... Anyways. Anyways. We should go over there. Yeah, let's go look. As you wander off into that direction, you pass these other paintings, at least a few of them, and just at a glance you can tell they're all very similar, just different angles of the temple at different times of day. A couple of them have the horse in it, but as you near the easel where you saw the metal glint, you spot a partially armored man 
with flowing golden hair. Hey, someone called that. Painting away. Slowly. Methodically. Painting at the easel. Hmm. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to startle. Uh, I'd rather... Like a brushstroke. I'd rather say something when we're kind of further away rather than just, like, walking up on him and having him be like, ah! <laughs> Smart. Right? Cause yeah. I'd be mad if we mess up his painting. So, I guess I'm the person that talks. I'll say hello there. All right. Arganis, you extend a greeting. The man's hand stops mid-stroke. He stops painting, and he sets the brush down on a little shelf at the bottom of the easel. Turns around to give you a friendly greeting as well. You see a man, probably in his 20s, fair skin, dark eyes. He has polished plate mail, although he has the upper part off and kind of set to the side. Uh, And he has like a silver longsword at his waist. Oh, hello. Wasn't expecting any visitors. Something I can help you with. Just sticking our nose in your business. That's pretty much it. I mean, um, we just, uh, we noticed your painting by the side of the road, saw that there were more of them, and then saw that you were over here painting and thought we'd come say hello before we went into the temple. Ah, you're here to seek the knowledge of the Celestials. As am I. Where, sorry, where are my manners? He kind of brushes his hands off on his chest uh, and extends a hand out to to shake to you, Arnus. I'll take it. It's wonderful to meet you. Um, might I ask your name? Um, Arnus. Arnus? Okay. And, and your friend's here. Vale. Thank you. I... What? It's too late. I already called him yeah. now. Um, Darwin. Mm-hmm. Are you in regular <laughs> form? I mean, I didn't even ask. Like, you've been walking around as Vale, so yeah. I just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is Sam. And Sniffins. Oh, and a dog. Wonderful. Uh, I think Sniffins will rush up and sniff at him a little bit. He pets the dog along the head and a little bit of orange paint like gets marked on Sniffins' forehead. War paint. But if yes, you want to put war paint on the dog, you might have talked to Sam, but if you want to put war paint on your horses, thumbs up. Well, it's wonderful to meet new travelers. I myself am the Paladin of Adaris. You may call me Wyatt. Adaris being the god of humans, in case people had forgotten. I know it hasn't come up much, so I'm going to remind you. But your characters would all know that that's the god of humans. Especially with you being half-human, you being all the way human, you posing as human sometime. Also, it's like, it's the pantheon, everybody knows. If I may be so bold, might I ask what you're seeking? I... Cheese. Knowledge. Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> we came for the cheese. <laughs> Except the right of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Wyatt, no offense meant here, but we've only just met you, and our business with the Celestials is private. Roll a be nice. Roll a be courteous and etiquette. I know, this is, again, uh, my kingdom for having diplomacy back. General charisma. Yeah, let's just... Persuasion? No. Yeah, persuasion, yeah. No, no, this is persuasion. Not that I'm trying to make you because, let me play to my no, best no, 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 no. skill. <laughs> no, I like pers- You're not trying to lie to him. No. You're just trying to be polite and have him agree that that's a good reason. Like, this is your own. You can persuade. I crit. Arnus nice. persuades. <laughs> More valiantly than ever. 27 total, not that it matters. Very well. Wyatt says, 
Oh, I meant no disrespect whatsoever. Every Everyone comes here for their own reasons. Some more open than others. I myself am here as part of a quest. Adaris came to me in a vision, told me to come here, and to learn, and to wait. I still don't know for what, but I'm learning what I can. The Celestials are... <sighs> helpful. Uh... As long as you play by their rules. So we've heard a lot of people talk about they help you if they deem you worthy. Do you know anything about how they make that decision? Yes, yes. I've sought their knowledge numerous times since I've been here. They hold you to your own standards. Now, how much they ask you to prove that depends on just how much you want to know. Mm. I'm going the slow route since I don't know what I'm waiting for. If you're in a rush... You may need to be more direct, but I'm sure they can explain it to you far better than I could. Cool, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, just out of curiosity, how does Adaris feel about Pathox? Just a moment. <laughs> Didn't know you were going to ask that. Potential ally. <laughs> we're going to need all the soldiers we can in our army against Pathox. True. I'm not going to convince him to lie with us, but drop the idea. We're going to go from the, um, the Bard's Rebellion to the Bard's Army. Barmy. The Barmy! It's also what they say at the end of a fight. What do you want to do? Bar me! Bar me! <laughs> Not beer me, just toss a whole bar at me. <laughs> okay, um... How does Adaris feel about Pathox? Well, not to speak for them directly, but generally speaking, Adaris finds Pathox a little too unpredictable. Oh, what? We, uh, wish you well on your quest? If you wish, uh... Would you care to join me in a small meal? Perhaps some wine? Oh, I'll never say no to that. <laughs> I have some bread and cheese on my horse. I was right about cheese. Right? Seeing a meal of bread and cheese served on a horse. <laughs> that's, like, We've been being beaten is, with another dead horse. Which is not what you meant at all. No, I mean, like, the horse is no, living know, like a I standing know. horse. And you just like, put the a horse tablecloth. is the table. Yeah, like, you just put a tablecloth over it and bread and cheese. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Wyatt puts his fingers to his mouth and lets out a whistle. The armored horse you saw earlier comes trotting over. And he pulls out a few round pieces of bread and a few chunks of yellow cheese and just passes it around. Okay. Has a little flask there filled with wine. Nice. Perfect. Yeah? For sure. Okay. But not enough to be inebriated because we're going in to see, like... It is a wine skin of wine. Like, you're not getting no, I, drunk. I'm just, I'm, I want to be clear. So as you're passing around this bread and cheese and wine, you've got a good half hour to an hour where you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't want to do anything in particular, we can mm-hmm. just go right up to the next thing. I mean... I just want to give you this opportunity here. And one of the last things do... that Vale is going to do before we go into the temple is shift into... Kara and adjust themselves so they are not a changeling. Mm. Okay. Are you going to do this in the presence of this dude? Not of the stranger, no. Okay. Okay. He's going to go back to painting, I'm assuming. Well, he's going to eat and drink and converse with you as long as you're there. He's being friendly. He's here on a mission, and he's not sure what, so he's getting to know people. But Vale wanders off. Who are you shifting into, Vale? Kara. Turning into Kara. Do you come back to the group, or do you just go up to the temple and wait? Uh, I'll, you know, a judge when it's looking like most of the, the meal's wrapping up, and I'll just kind of wander off to wherever the horses were stored or left, and it looks like I'm just tending to them and preparing for our moving on. 
But I don't come back to the group. That okay. That would be not a good idea. All right. You go make sure the horses are somewhere safe, just tied up outside, not too far from the temple. You can find a small water trough hitching post. You leave the horses. It's very nice. It is also made of marble. That's fancy. They're fancy. And as the meal wraps up, Wyatt puts the wine skin back on the horse, like in a saddlebag. Again, the horse is not a table. I, I got Arnest. it. I got it. That wasn't Arnest. That was just... <laughs> Shannon doing English language semantics. Okay. It's like my job, man. Wyatt will inform you. I've got a few more easels to hit before I head back into the library, but I hope to see you in there, and I wish you well on your quest. That was nice meeting you. Whatever it may be. Take it easel. All right. (laughs) It was nice to meet you, Wyatt. We'll go now before somebody else says something silly. <laughs> you mean me? Meeting you. Okay. You head off towards the entrance of the temple, meeting Kara along the way. Hey, boo. Hey. As you approach the front of the temple, you can see the doors that lead in. These are massive, made of smooth oak with polished brass rivets. Were they both open, you could easily drive like five wagons through at once. If they were open. They stand shut. What do you do? You should play like a song knocking, knocking, knocking. Read it. <laughs> I feel like there should be a, like, a big-ass knocker that I can just, like, cut <laughs> Yes. No, no, no. Okay. There yeah, are... I feel like knocking isn't enough. I was gonna say, there are knockers on the door at several different heights. At... Oh, in which case, then, that's what I use. That seems to be the accepted method of, like... But if you one's presence. But if you want to play your song, you may. If you want, you could play the song while I keep time on the on the knocker. That sounds like a really great idea. Oh, sh- I totally want to see how that's going to go. We know how the chest drums. Oh no, out. that's going to play out. That, that's history. Maybe Darwin's been practicing that much better at. It. Um. No, you're just going to just whistle along. I'm just. I don't <laughs> we know wanna... that didn't work. <laughs> so the reason I'm hesitating to play is because. We, like, actively need something from these people, or from these celestials, whatever. And they are people. I don't know anything about celestial, like, it's customs, practices, anything. I don't know if me playing a song is going to offend them, and they're going to tell us, you go straight to hell and not let us in. Okay, I just knock. Uh, I, I knock on the door. Okay. A few moments pass before the door begins to swing out. It opens several feet, silently. A woman with crescent wings, the ends of which angle down. So imagine like a crescent moon, just with like the point at either end going downward. She stands about ten feet tall. She emerges dressed in flowing lilac silk, her moon-white hair hanging down to her waist. She gives you a gentle smile. Welcome to the Temple of St. Phaleron. My name is Goshia. And I am a librarian here. What brings you to us? Uh. <laughs> uh having never seen a celestial in person, I'm a little like. <laughs> um. We seek knowledge. Ah, as most do who come here. Would you like to join me inside then? And we can begin discussing exactly what it is you seek. Yes. Okay. She steps to the side of the door. Pulls it open a couple more feet. Motions for you to enter. In we go. All right. 
After all of you have entered in, Sam and Sniffins included, Gosia shuts the door behind you all. It's not obvious. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. We can totally push that door open later. <laughs> the lighting inside is warm, but the air is cool, smelling of old books. From just inside the door, you see bookshelves lining every wall, all the way to the ceiling. The ceiling's in here about 40, 50 feet high. Yeah. An archway on the other end of this lobby area leads to a very long hallway. There are a number of those little library ladders on the shelves, just at different areas. They're about 10 to 15 feet tall apiece. You can take one to get to the other to get up higher. The Celestials don't have to worry about that so much since they've got the wings. Oh, I mean. But they are accommodating to others who come. Nice. And once everyone is inside and the door is shut, Goshia says, You're welcome to search the common stacks, but access to the full collection is reserved. And of course, before we let you read any of our books, we must read yours. Much of our knowledge comes from expeditions and Barofax himself, the celestial god. But we will take advantage of visitors when we can. So tell me, what is it that you seek? I guess there's no point in not just telling it straight out, right? What do you want? I don't know. You're the personable one. I know what I want. It's a big ask. <laughs> it is. Um. <laughs> a little bit. I guess you can lead with like a prelude or something. Or a preamble. Or you can just be like, I don't know how to kill Pathox. I mean, beating around the bush. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. I need to know how to kill Pathox. Huh. I see. She holds up a hand. I will not judge you for the reasons you seek this knowledge. Yet. I can tell you that searching our common stacks would take you exceptionally long to find that information, if it's even in there. We do have our judgment trial. If you're successful, you could learn that and much, much more. But if you wish access to our knowledge and our books, as I said before... Need access to yours. So, if that is something you're willing to do, we can proceed. I don't actually have a problem with that. Because we only have one book, which I'm using them. I have a book. At this point, is Arna speaking for the group? I would think. Right now, Agosha is willing to take that very huge ask and let you all know that, like, yeah, this is something you're either going to have to spend a very, very long time on or go through the trials. Which we knew. I was expecting that through the the trials. Yeah, I was. She's willing to elaborate if you've got further questions. I'm Um, just curious as to what she means by sharing our our knowledge. It's true. I guess we could ask. There are certain knowledges I have that I cannot share. Just to clarify, when you say that we need to share our knowledge with you, do you specifically mean the knowledge we have in books? Is there something else? And what are the... It is... It is more than that. But if you wish to proceed, perhaps I could show you on... I could demonstrate with one of you. That's a fucking Vulcan mind But uh, I'm not volunteering for whatever she's offering to go first. I think if there's like... There's really a whole lot about me that's a secret. Yeah, you're probably the one that should... Although, we're going to have to do it if we want to kill Pathbox. I am, as they say, most likely a good book. Ha. Ha. 
said the bard in the library. <sighs> there, are um, things, there are things you know, though, that are secrets. True. But if she's doing a demonstration, she's not going to be plumbing my depths, I don't think. Because I haven't agreed to anything yet. Alright, I'll volunteer for your demonstration. Very well. If you'll join me down the hall. Everybody. Yeah. You may all come. <laughs> I was like, no, uh, I'll go Your friends okay. may observe to know what they're getting themselves into. And Gosia will lead you into this hallway at the other end of the room. There are a number of large doors, none as big as the front door, but all plenty big enough for her to pass through. She stops and she opens one of them up and motions for everybody to come inside. Okay. And as everybody steps in, she again closes the door behind you and you find yourselves in a singular room. There are a number of very comfy chairs of various size, ranging from small, like a cat bed, to bean bags the size of an elephant. Hmm. And Gosia will motion to everybody other than Arnis. You may sit and observe, if you wish. I sit in an appropriately sized chair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sam and Sniffins find a beanbag big enough for a giant and just, like, plop in. (laughs) Sniffins just sits on his lap. Arnis, you may stand there in the center of the room. Just a moment, please. Okay. And she goes over to one of the walls where there's a set of drawers. She opens one, pulls out a pair of gloves. And uh, she wheels over a short table from the side of the room. Definitely short for her. It's probably about chest high for you. She pulls these gloves on, and you can see that there's only fingers on the thumb and the first two. So the ring and the pinky are bare. Gosia approaches you and puts one hand behind your head. Says, please hold still and just clear your mind. She places her two fingers and thumb against your forehead, pushes in, and reaches inside your head. It feels tingly. And she slowly pulls out a book. What does the book of Aranus, what does the book of Grey the Great look like? Oh my god. It's probably overly gaudy. <laughs> That's fine. Gold filigree and shit. Um, but it, but it looks as if the, the fanciness of it is like layered on top of a very plain book. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it started out as just like a standard Mm -hmm. run of the mill book. And then that kind of like. It's like someone took puffy paint to it. Yeah. Now it's got like a, but better done. Now it's got this kind of like fancy outer coating. Okay. And on the cover is your name. Gosia sets this book down on the table, opens it up. Arnis, this is you. This is your autobiography. Your knowledge and your memories. This is one way that we learn. Everything you know, and she flips through. It's like the page that was right as she was putting her fingers into your head. And then it just stops. after, And then a book appeared. And there's a number of blank pages after that. She'll flip back close to the beginning. Memories even maybe you've forgotten about from your childhood. Shit. She'll close it. As I said, this is one way that we grow our knowledge here. Grow our information. If everybody is willing to share, and everybody can have access. 
We will return it to you. Don't worry, you have not lost these memories. This is a copy. I have concerns. I understand. The thing is, if we are to judge you as fit for our knowledge, we must know what you truly hold as your moral center, your rules. Because if we were to judge you by our rules, that would be unfair. Because we follow Barofax. We imagine most people outside of the Celestials do not. So to be clear, this is for your use. If a week from now... It becomes part of the archive. Anybody who walks in and wants to look at it can look at it. That's the question. Is that the case? Would other people be able to look at it? Other people who have earned access? No. I am on a missive from my god, so I don't love that, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, you're not getting mine. As it is, you've already got more about me than you should. But we don't know everything just yet. We do need time to go through the contents. That will not preclude you from entering the library, the temple. I just broke the first tenant. You didn't do anything. But Arnis did, because of what I've told Arnis, <laughs> I just broke the first tenant. There, oh, I don't have like a year or ten to like sit around sifting through stuff. Okay, so, hmm. (laughs) so I'm hesitating, Gosia, because there are things in my head that uh, other people shouldn't know. It's true of most. Reasons, some legal, some personal. Um, my concern is that once I share this with you, anyone else that comes in and decides that they are going to share their story with you then has access to everything in my head. I mean, along with, of course, many other things too, but right my memories become part of your archive, right? Yes. Part of our archive help us to cross-check facts that everything is true as possible. But they would be accessible to anyone else that came in and shared their story. Perhaps. What does that mean? Well, depending on what you know, we'll determine just how deep into our archives it goes. Meaning some things are harder to get at than others. Some stories are harder to get at than others. Some knowledge is far more valuable than others, so we protect it more. For example, the knowledge you seek. Right. Extremely valuable. Yeah. You're gonna hate me. And I'm sorry. But I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I'm like... Smart. I... I really don't. <laughs> and I am... I'm caught irreparably between doing right by you and saving my own afterlife. And it's an impossible choice. It's your choice. And I have to choose me. <sighs> Where's the book? It's just on the table right now between the two of them. Yoshia has not begun reading it at all. She read that last sentence out loud when she pulled the book out of your head to prove, like, oh, see, your memories go all the way up to present. To the moment she pulled the book. Anything after that is not in there yet. It's not psychically linked to you. Well, that's good. 
doesn't keep adding after I leave. That's helpful to know. No. She really did, like, a copy-paste <laughs> out of your head. Anyway. So. I don't know if there's a specific set of words I need to say to you, but I... Gosia says, we just need to know if these terms are acceptable for further access. Sorry. For their potential access to our archives. I cannot speak for anyone else in my party, but for me, yes. Very well. Pulls their hood over their head. All they say is, Arnis, I trusted you. And walks out. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter at Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.libsyn.com. <laughs>